Welcome. This is Anastasia Glova bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Be sure to log on to our website, www.cato.org, for a full archive of our podcast as well as many other audio offerings. In a stunning announcement yesterday, President Bush declared that Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld would be stepping down. If confirmed by the Senate, former CIA Director Robert Gates, who served under President George H.W. Bush, will take over. What prompted the sudden change of direction? Christopher Preble, Director of Foreign Policy Studies, comments. Just last week while campaigning, Bush said that Rumsfeld would serve at the end of his term. What happened? Well, I think the president wants to demonstrate that he is open to new ideas, particularly new ideas on Iraq. And clearly, Secretary Rumsfeld was one of the most outspoken defenders of the current policy. So replacing Rumsfeld or asking for his resignation, whatever, has the effect of showing that the president is at least open to new ideas. Now, this doesn't mean necessarily that he's going to change course, but I think in the short term, it's a pretty easy way for him to show his kind of openness to new ideas. And in fairness, he is open to new ideas. I think it is significant that it was Gates that was chosen to replace Rumsfeld. Gates is very close, we know, to the first President Bush and also to James Baker. And we know that James Baker is likely to issue a report soon, making some recommendation for what to do with Iraq. President Bush mentioned that the war in Iraq needed a fresh perspective from the civilian leadership in the Pentagon. Do you believe that Robert Gates' former CIA director is the man to do that? I think Gates has both the kind of the temperament and the intellect to do a very good job in this role. He obviously has a lot of experience in government senior experience in government, has worked a lot of these same issues. Again, was working in the first Bush administration with Secretary Cheney, with James Baker, with Brent Scowcroft at the time of the first Iraq War and of the Cold War. So this is a man who has kind of been there and done that before. Now, clearly, being the Secretary of Defense is an even larger job, but I think there's a lot of commonality. So I think he is a good choice. And I think it is a fresh perspective. Donald Rumsfeld was the architect, one of the principal architects of the war, and he had a vested interest in trying to see it through to victory. If you bring in someone who is not in any way connected to that policy, he or she is much more likely to be open to change, and I think that's the case with Gates. Now, Gates served under the first President Bush. Do you think that this move demonstrates a kind of political rapprochement between Bush fees and Bush pair? I don't think it's so much about Bush 41 and Bush 43 as it is about James Baker. And again, we know that James Baker has been working, this Iraq study group, the Baker-Hamilton Commission, has been working on proposals for what to do with Iraq. The president has referred to this repeatedly, has said that he is looking forward to these recommendations. I would be very surprised if James Baker did not have some role in suggesting Gates as a potential replacement. That may also mean that the president's father had something to do with this as well. And again, I think it's hard to believe that there wouldn't have been some conversations back and forth, but that's just speculation. The key point is that Gates is more likely to be open to a kind of realistic or realist approach, and that includes reaching out to some of Iraq's neighbors, Syria and Iran, which has already been put out there by James Baker, as well as perhaps a kind of less committed to a stay-the-course strategy and more open to a new approach. By realist, are you referring to the realist school of international relations? How is that different from the course that Bush has followed so far? 
Right. I do mean the realist school that is the kind of traditional foreign policy based on interests and security, less on values and the kind of moralism that we've heard and seen from the president, particularly in his second inaugural or even going back to his 2002 State of the Union address. And there has been always a tension between the president's own realist instincts and realists within his administration. And again, ironically enough, Rumsfeld, I think, once upon a time would have been seen as a realist and in some respects still was, and yet he was so much associated with a policy that was not based on realism. It was based on this kind of messianic, revolutionary kind of principles that are not consistent with realism. So it's still too soon to say that this is the triumph of realism, so to speak. But I do think it's a key indicator that we will have a person who is more realistically inclined, shall we say, in a very senior position. With Gates and the Pentagon, what does this mean for American foreign policy? Well, I still think that foreign policy is dictated by the President of the United States, and obviously Vice President Cheney also has a very important role. I don't believe that Secretary Gates, if he's confirmed, will have a very important role in foreign policy beyond the role in Iraq and maybe a few other particular crisis areas. Foreign policy is still made primarily in the White House. Obviously, Secretary Rice has a very important role, but I don't see him him by himself or bringing in people who can really by themselves change the course of U.S. foreign policy. If you enjoyed this program, consider subscribing to Cato Audio, a dynamic 60-minute monthly recording that brings you inside the Cato Institute for highlights from exceptional, one-of-a-kind lectures and events on key issues of the day presented by nationally known scholars, authors, and political leaders. Cato Audio is available on our website as well as on iTunes and audible.com.